There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said, certified free. Seven days a week. Wet ass poop. Make that pullout game weak. Hey, We Sound Crazy listeners, it's Claude Kelly, and I hope you're ready for our brand new episode. Now, the song you just heard is a bona fide hit and the thing that everybody's arguing about right now. But to fully understand it, you gotta know the song it samples, which is by the legendary DJ Frank Ski. And it's perfect timing because this episode is all about black excellence in house music. In other words, black house. Hope you're ready to dance around to this episode. Let's go. Demita Joe Jackson together again. Man, I actually was on the phone with Terry Lewis uh, just a few days ago. Wow. The master. Um, the master and, and co-producer of that amazing song. Welcome to another episode of We Sound Crazy podcast. I'm, I'm on some house dance Ooh, vibes yeah. right now. Right, I right? I, 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 I can see that. I can feel that. You feel that? Yeah, yeah. Man. Let's, talk, let's talk about that. We One don't... of the best eras in black music. Yeah, man. We yeah. don't talk about that enough. We don't. Uh, we don't. Not enough, because it's so much. When you think of the Robin S and Crystal Waters and CeCe Peniston. Mm. CeCe Peniston. Black Box. And Inner City. Inner City. Yeah. yeah. And people. It, that was a whole mood. Yeah. House music needs its own Irby. House music needs black. Absolutely. Black house music needs its own Irby. Yes. We sound crazy. It was so many great voices in house music, you know what I'm saying, that, that, in black house music that don't get the praise for being that voice. Right. It, they kind of got mixed into the genre. Martha Wash is yes. one of those Martha people. Martha Wash is like one of, the, one who, of the biggest ones. Who definitely made it possible for people to get become credited on in album credits in terms of, you know, singing on those records and yeah. and all that good stuff. What like, song was it that, that caused a lawsuit where she sued? Um, she basically sang on that whole record. CNC Music Factory. Everybody 
G with it though. Mm. Arsenio Hall, I always respected him because he made it possible for Martha Wash to go on national television to sing the song so that people can see the proper face with that voice. That's so good. Of him. In the midst of CNC Music Factory having the success that they were having. Martha Wash. Martha I, was, wasn't Martha Wash in the Weather Girls? Yeah, yes. she was. Yeah. It's so, raining men? Yeah. yeah. It's raining men. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. Amen. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna let myself get And if we're going to talk about house music, like her album that she put out in the early 90s is like an, an amazing record if you if you really want to go back and listen to the 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 sound of house music back then. Mm. I always mix up Martha Wash and Tata Vega. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah? Shout out Tata Vega. I love Who's Tata. Who's doing all the, the sugary vocals on Color Purple. Crazy! But back to Black House. Black House, man. To be celebrated. We yes. got to celebrate it. Let's celebrate it today. Let's celebrate right yes. now. Chuck, yes. right Go. now. Yeah. Do y'all remember this one? Remember this? It's time for the percolator. 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 Percolator. It's time for the percolator, y'all. I had to Ooh, go back on y'all. Yo. Yeah, that takes me back. So again, I, I mean, we say house, dance. What do y'all see? Like, because again, I mean, on the, on the Billboard side, they recognize dance. Dance, yeah. Dance, yeah. But house is really i think it's more of a cultural yeah 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 you know, I, I think reference I, yeah i mean I, I guess i guess it's interchangeable sort of yeah i think i think house is is in, more influential like when people talk about the four on the floor scenario mm-hmm. house is what they're actually talking about mm-hmm. and it has origins in lots of different places too so it's not like not it's not like it comes from one place but it's almost like everyone has interpreted it in their from their region differently yeah well, we got to shout out Chicago, though, because yeah. Chicago, that's Chicago. definitely yes, like the, the the stumping ground yeah. for for house music. I always wanted, like I'm 33 years old and I always wanted to like be <laughs> in my 20s and like the, the early 90s during that era where, era where or in the late 80s, early 90s when just what I remember. Of course, you had the hits that were on the radio, but, mm-hmm. you know, just all those songs that I would see on BET during the day when they didn't necessarily, they kind of went against the grain and played some unorthodox music, some videos that you wouldn't necessarily see during prime time. Mm. Um, that's how I was introduced to a lot of uh, house music, like the the Hathaways, the inner cities and the, and people and just all those, those, those people that I just remember. And I'm like, wow, this is different. This was different from the R and B that I was so used to listening right. to. Right. So right. yeah, just, it was good times, man. Crazy. Waste your time. You know you're gonna be mine. You know you're gonna be mine. That was bizarre ink. Ooh. I'm gonna get you, baby. I'm gonna get your yes, I. Your DJ pumped this party. Why waste your time? You know you're gonna be mine. You know you're gonna be mine. You know you're gonna be mine. Why waste your time? You know you
jam. Shout wow. out to John so many jams. But you can't even sleep on like remixes over the years. You know, exactly. Whitney and Mariah, mm-hmm. but even Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox, yeah, Deborah yeah. nobody's supposed Deborah to be Cox. here. Who's a dance, like considered a dance queen. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Man. out to Deborah Cox. Yo, it says here just just to just to give you the exact origin that the reason that it's called House is because it originated in Chicago, like you said, Timon, mm-hmm. in a club called the Warehouse, mm-hmm. which existed from seventy seven to eighty three. Clubbers to the Warehouse were primarily black. Wow. And they came to dance to music played by at the club's resident DJ Frankie Knuckles, who fans refer to Frankie as the Godfather Knuckles. of House. God rest yeah. his soul. Wow. Wow. So Black House is totally appropriate. We sound crazy. At least once a year, I'll like I'll be at at the house and I'll just go into like this deep rabbit hole of just house music and and looking on, on Wikipedia and just googling just different stories about house music and I um maybe a couple years ago I discovered um, Colonel Abrams. Mm-hmm. And you know you always hear about the women that sang on those records yeah. in house music. But there were some men, too, that actually, you know, sang on some of those those pulsating records and thought his stuff was really dope. Man. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, such a, it's such an untapped yeah. music history. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we definitely have glazed over that eight, uh, uh, 80s and 90s. Just, like, we, just didn't give, we, have, we haven't given it this proper credit for its right. influence on pop culture, too. Right. Which also ties into the, lack, the the fact that people don't give credit to the LGBTQ community and how that how mm-hmm. much influence there is there. Exactly. Yo, that's the fashion. That's the party. That's the music. That's the the lingo. That's all the stuff is in that entire fabric. Poop, yeah, in that little stew of of, yeah. of creativity. So I mean, it's just a big part of what what turned into a lot of pop culture. A lot of pop culture. Yeah, they were able to take house music and turn it into what they consider techno, and yeah. exactly, and and you know the the ambers and the the uh, what's the everything but the girl and yeah 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 There's an episode of that show, uh, Pose, which, yeah. is a, which is a really good show, where they talk about how voguing went from this underground thing to become to Madonna, mm-hmm. and how it just became whitewashed, obviously, and mainstream, and then and then once it went mainstream, it killed it. So is that what happened to House? I kind of think. I mean, I kind of think so because House is like most a lot of Lady Gaga songs are House. Yes, it's yeah, just absolutely. not classified as House. 
You know what I'm saying? Madonna also did a lot of house music. Madonna's not black? Hello? I'm making Madonna an honorary black member today on this episode. This is Fillionaire, so at me if you want. I'm not making an honorary yeah. black person, but I like she's a nice white lady with a great catalog. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know but his house, his dance, it's, you know, yeah. I love Madonna. Not, so. but, not yeah. but the question Chuck posed is interesting. Is like, has it been appropriated? Wow. Because well, I just, I t- the, the origin is, is sure is, it has. is a warehouse with black people. But yeah. I mean, like most genres. Like most yeah. genres. Yeah. Are. Like everything oh, in black culture. Like fucking thing else, damn it. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> But you know who I think, who else I think sounds amazing on house music? This is a more recent record. Um, Mary J. Blige did a song with Disclosure maybe about four or five years ago called F For You. Modern House with Mary J. Yeah, just really, really dope. It was in that that whole London Sessions Mm. era that she was in. The London Sessions. Yeah, but this particular record, I I still jam it from time to time to this day. I think does you know I think does really good modern house Azalea Banks yeah mm. it's like rap house that 1991 EP one of my favorites what's your favorite song that's, there that's, that's two one two I think I think two one two Oof, two one two was so good that's modern house modern house. Zaya Banks, two one two. I like her a lot. Yeah, she bad. She's crazy, special. but she makes some amazing music. She makes dope music. She's definitely in the special bunch. Crazy. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more.
flames through hot to doubt. The pool is open, come into my house. Wait, do y'all remember the grind on yeah. MTV? It takes me back there. The grind, the grind. My grind. people hope you're enjoying this episode now you know our boy billionaire has the magic rolodex and so he reached into it to call a black house legend check out our conversation with the one and only cc peniston my name is cc how you doing <laughs> and I was wondering if I could take it out. CC <laughs> Peniston in the building. Oh man! Wow. Hey, what's going on with y'all? What's up, CC? Welcome to the We Sound Crazy podcast. You got your boy Fillionaire here, Chuck Harmony, Claude Kelly, and Timon Bacon. So you're the only lady of the hour. You're the only lady up here. Yeah, you you you're the queen this episode. Good. What up, CC? So, Cece, we on our like our dance house vibe this episode, and highlight all the amazing black artists who really just have made some amazing songs. And I mean, you had five number one hits on the dance charts on Billboard. Five, five. Man, I'm so blessed to have had that. You know what's funny is like when I first started out with Finally, right? I had no idea because Finally was a poem that turned into a song that turned into a career. I always tell people, right? And I was so surprised at how it went so quick. Um, One minute I was home with these little red glasses on and uh, recording Finally. And then it was like, hey, you about to go to Europe. I was like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were like, you're about to be out the door. And so then it was like it hit the charts. And next thing you know, I'm walking down the street in New York City and people are like, yo, Cece. And I'm like, wait a minute, how they know me? Like out of all these people walking in the street. So definitely a beautiful experience. We sound crazy. crazy. 
So take us back finally. Like, so it was a poem that, that turned into a song. Like, how did that come about? Like, just A&M Records. Take us back to that year. So basically, it was like I had just gotten in the, I had done a couple of studio sessions. I had done one with Marvelous JC, right? He was my first time in the studio. It was called Give It All You Got. From there, I met with uh, Felipe. In fact, we were sitting down in one of the clubs, and he was like, yo, I got these songs for you that I want you to do for Pooch. She was on AM at the time, rapper on uh, AM. And I was like, Dad, what you want me to do? He was like, I had a song called I Like It, um, Kicking the Blues and Female Preacher. And I like it and give it all you got is where that, where all that came out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how you come up with that? I said, shit, forget the words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, forgot the words and that came about, you know, and then wow. they said, wait a minute. What was that little thing that you did? I said, why you like it? They said, yeah, do it again. I said, well, she let's go. I love it, too. Crazy. First, I just want to say I'm bugging right now because like hearing you speak right now is taking me back to like 91, 92 when I was like four and five years old watching BET and seeing, hey. you know, <laughs> we got a love thing. And finally, and inside that I cried and keep on walking and all those records that you had out back then, like this is just a true honor to even talk to you. But what was it like back then just in that era of you and Crystal Waters and Robin S and Inner City and just like all these different groups and artists that really helped to define and really take the genre of dance music to the next level and being black well, at first the same of all, time. thank you so much for the compliment and um you know in the 90s i would have to say you know what's changed from then to now is then you had mystique yeah like mm. now everybody's like look we don't know your ass if you don't post every day then we don't know who the hell you are then we don't care right <laughs> and that's how it is now then it was like we got to rush home and hurry up and see the next video that's about to come up. Right. Yo, so-and-so about to the video on VH1 and, and MTV. You know what I'm saying? We had real videos. Like, yeah. finally was a million-dollar budget. Wow. You know what I mean? When it came out. And so now people are more, like, going viral or, um, you know, or just, you know, they have a smaller budget where mm-hmm. the video doesn't matter or they're doing it on Instagram or YouTube. They're their own kind of like record company type thing. Um, you had more publicists. You had, um, you know, the touring was different. Um, it was just a lot of uh, record sales. Record sales instead of streaming, we had actual sales. Remember, we had to get the whole damn album. Yep. He was like, yep. nope, you don't get one song. Right. Get the whole damn album. <laughs> right. So right now, I think those are the biggest differences where, where you had to pay for music. Now it's about streaming and whatever distribution that is, and you can be the record company. Because you were 21 at the time and finally came out, CC. Like, did you know you were on the cusp of something so big and so massive? You know what I did, but shit, I'm still 21, okay? In my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm about around 39, okay? Just so you know. But I had no idea that it was going to go to that degree. I can just tell you, like, they hit me up and they were like, well, you went... You know, you, you've been on the charts for 33 weeks out of 52 weeks and your song is on Billboard and you made it. And I'm sitting here like, OK, they're like, you don't have no response. I was like, I don't know how to respond. I'm, I'm like a newbie in the business. Like, I didn't know how hard it was till I realized how hard it was later in the game for so long, how hard it is to get to Billboard and how people love your song to get to top five or number one or top ten. You know, having five top tens. Crazy! You have a fantastic voice. 
let's just let's just let's Thank just you. get that out of the way first. Amazing vocals always, and I feel like um, there's this weird separation that happens with house music versus, I guess, any other type of black music where uh, I don't think you get the credit for how powerful your voice is. I think it, it's a it's a package with the song, but when the conversations about divas from that era, for example, come up. We don't really talk about the real powerhouses. So I just want to talk about your voice for a second and what influenced that powerhouse voice. What were you listening to coming in? Well, thank you so much. I, I grew up in the church. So first of all, you know, that's where that gospel, that, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. So me being in the, in the music industry, coming from the church, um, I think that a lot of people had a misrepresentation of dance music because they always thought that it was the beat driving the music instead of us hitting them them notes all up in the right. Himalayas. I'm like, do you know how hard I got to breathe to get that up, up in uh, all in that all in that octave right there? Y'all don't understand that you're singing at the highest level when you're on stage. So I think. All of that, along with coming from the church and being mad as hell sometimes, you'd be like, you know, you got so much you just want to say. So it comes truly from the the gut and the soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that comes from. So much soul. We were playing your record right before we called you and there's, it just feels so alive today. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like for me, those were real stories. It's funny because sometimes a record company would get mad. They'd be like, we want you to sing this song. I'm not I'm like, I don't want to sing that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> they be like, why are you being difficult? I'm like, I don't like it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, look, I ended up having to get to a point where I'd be like, look, I will demo something, but I didn't really like it because I was like, that's not coming from the soul for me. I can't see it. If I can't see it, I can't sing it. And then people don't believe it. And I remember one time, just to tell y'all a story, I was at a place in my career where I felt like I had gotten stagnant. And I, I was like, hey, I think I'm singing out of habit, Right. I went to the show and I, oh, who was it? I think it was Suzanne DePass was there. And um, it was, I did a show and it was like, oh, she can sing, but she's not singing from the heart. And I was like, damn, they can see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I had no idea. And I really feel like that when people are up there and they feel like you're faking it, they feel if you being real or they'd be like, I'm about to tune out. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's interesting that you say that because with you telling that story, could you give a little context as to when that was? Because when I tell you I'm a C.C. Peniston fan, like we had all all of your albums in our house growing up from the Finally album to uh, the, rec- the the what's the second album with I'm in the mood and all and searching I, and all that I stuff. Thought on it. I thought you knew. I thought you knew. And then moving on was like, that's probably my favorite record because the, the Jocelyn Brown um, remake that you did on there absolutely crazy and then there's a there's a hidden album track that you have called the last to know that i don't know if everybody knows about that but that's probably my favorite cc Peniston song but going back to that story um when around what time in your career was that i'm just curious to know um i would say probably around like 97 98 i felt like the record company wasn't probably as tuned in um that's when i started noticing that my accountant was like wasn't right, but I really didn't know what was wrong until around 2000. You start seeing things kind of going differently, and yeah. I noticed the, the depression. But I didn't know it until I got out of it. But those were all the things that were going on, babies, different stuff. So I think I began to just do my job instead of actually being an artist at that time. Wow, doing your job versus being an artist. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day. 
day, it's like, you're like, I got to get this check, pay these bills. Damn this, I got shit to do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you, it wasn't that I was trying to mislead anybody with my interpretation, yeah. but I just really needed to like do what I had to do. And I think I was hurting and you know how they say hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that I just wasn't given a hundred because I just wasn't in my probably in the right place I needed to be as an artist. Whereas I am now in a whole different place. Mm-hmm. We sound crazy. Look what we got. CC, I want to go back to the finally albums. The second single, We Got a Love Thing. Uh-huh. Written, co-written by Shantae Savage, which I was today years old when I I didn't know Shantae co-wrote that song. Tomorrow's like, yeah, like I knew, yeah. of course. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but We Got a Love Thing, I love that song. That was another massive, I mean, uh, the follow-up, that was a big record. You, What do you remember about We Got a Love Thing? I remember being in the studio. I was with Cecil Curly, right? We had heard that song on, like, you know, at the time, you know, they were giving us cassettes and they were like, this is, you know, um, a possible submission for the next, for the album, right? And I heard it and I was like, oh, I love this song. I said, this feels like the greatest follow-up to finally because I was like, happy I got a record deal, happy them checks was coming. I was like, yeah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when I was in the studio, it was funny because the highest note that I had, the you know, the hook, right, I couldn't get the hook together. And so Steve was like, sing it like this. So Steve is a master, I'm going to tell you, at, you know, directing you in the studio. I was actually in there crying on my tippy toes because I couldn't hit the note. And I was like, I can't hit it. And Donnell and Shantae was like, get, get your shit together, son. No, they weren't, they weren't that hard with me, but anyway. <laughs> They were like, hey, you can do this. Go ahead and do it. Um, they, was like, they were like, so sing it like this. So Steve was like, instead of singing better, CC, say better, right? And I was like, bitter? He was like, yeah. So instead of saying, so here's the example. Instead of saying, I know that I will find a better love. Right? He said, say better, right? Say, I know that I will find a better love. Wow. wow. So by the time I hit the note, then I was able to go. And I was like, oh, I see what you're saying. I kind of do like wordplay. So he's one of those people, when I tell you, that taught me about wordplay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. He, he, he gave me some real extra tips that I use even to this day. That's awesome. There's a vocal master class happening right now. I just yeah, want, yeah, I want yeah. our listeners to know that you get Let's get on the platform, Phil. You already know. This is crazy. <laughs> so, so let me wait. Let me let me ask you this. So after you say that line, I know we'll find a better love, and then you go da 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 da. Like, what are you actually saying right there? Because all these years, I've just been like mumbling to that part. So it says, I know that I won't find a better love. I've got a love that other girls dream up. See, I never even knew that. Mm. Yeah, I've got a love that other girls dream up. So I'm going to let y'all know, I've been accused of like pronouncing my words like really weird sometimes. And I'm like, I get it, but that's me. That's what makes me me. It's what makes you you. (laughs) Wow. I love that. We love it.
prefer studio or live performance? I like them both. I like studio because there's no way that I can do it wrong. And whatever I do wrong, I can fix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 right. True. You know, what I mean? but the other part of that is when I do live shows, the feel of the audience is just so amazing. Like I do things in concert that I didn't do in studio. Mm. And that's why with, you know, within quarantine right now, people don't understand like having butts in the seats and having people clapping and hearing the roar of the crowd is so missed. Yes, you it know, is. Mm-hmm as an artist i know y'all saw the bet awards and they did an excellent job mm-hmm. but i was like damn i missed i missed the people. audience yeah yeah cool. yeah uh, that's the hard part because i mean it, there there's the business of doing tour but then there's the magic yeah the spiritual mm-hmm. connection of performer to audience that you can't replace with anything digital and that's mm-hmm. that's it's a heartbreaking i feel you and, and music is community. That's that's like the basis of community, no matter when people coming together. I definitely agree with you. There's only one thing that I can say that there's several things I can say about being quarantined. I feel like people have learned to be safer during this time and really understand the surroundings for one. For mm. two, um, I think people understand the climate of where the world truly was because when you're moving around so much, you can't really see what needs to be corrected or fixed. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, I think is that people became the most creative that they've ever been. And I was telling people, I was like, shoot, y'all don't understand. It's like, when we were younger, it was like, get your ass home before the street lights go up. I was like, y'all got it good. You know, it was like a different energy. And I feel like there has been some good and some some spiritual work, especially on my end, that has come from it. Mm. But there's been some sadness with everybody. You know, it, it's not necessarily people that um, I, it's people I know, but I haven't been around but people that have been affected by it. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a hard time for everybody. Crazy. What songs are getting you through this time period? Well, I just I was in the studio with um, actually Jackie's boy. Um, I I did a song for Jackie's boy coming up and he had just worked with Sean Stockman. So I did that one. Um, Get in the studio with um, Billboard Killer next week. Um, So I'll be, you know, doing the studio. And then I also started a cartoon called The Petty's Cartoon. Mm. And that's fun. I got to tell you, people are like, why would you start the Petty's cartoon? I said, because the Petty's cartoon can talk shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cece, I love, I, I, you sent me a preview and I didn't know if I could share it with the guys here. Because if I can, if I got your yes. permission. But but it is yes. really, y'all, it is so us. It's our vibe, man. She's just talking trash and just having a good time. I love it. I, I love it. I even saw an animated version of The Breakfast Club in one of the previews. And it was pretty cool, though. But Cece, talk to us about the Petty's. So I love the petties because I feel like it's real life situations. I've always wanted to do animation. And I said, shoot, there's no time like the present. And I end up uh, meeting Overtime, right? Overtime was um, on one of the Keep On Walking challenges that I had. And I said, hey, you know, what else do you do? He's like, hey, I do animation. Um, I have a, a cartoon called The Clouds. You know, Chase Clout. You know, uh, he has all these different characters, right? <laughs> I said, well... I love that. I said, well, I always had an idea to do, you know, animation. I want to do a, a something called the Petties. He said, let's make up the characters, which we did. We made up the characters. And so I do all the girls' voices, and he does the guys' voices. So when it came out and we had the different scenarios, people were crying, laughing, because they were like, oh, that's some real shit. Because we had one where it says, when Bay trying to holler in the drive-thru. <laughs> and so Phil... 
you got to share the whole cartoon with them. But the main thing was um, we made it kind of real life because you know how you're in line, right? Someone will honk mm-hmm. and it'd be like, uh-uh. and it'd be like, hey, man, if you don't get your animated beer having ass out of line, I'm trying to order my food, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was it, it was funny, and then we have a couple of more episodes, so if y'all can pass the word along, we just, I'm getting ready to put it on Roku TV with oh, him, nice. along with what the network he has, so you know, moving on along, doing music and songs and cartoons. Crazy. Earlier when we were talking about We Got a Love Thing, you kind of touched on Steve Silk Hurley, and I just happened to think he's one of the, the best like house music, dance music producers like ever to walk this earth. Um, and then Maybe about three or four years ago, you guys put out a song called He Loves Me Too that I think is like a banger. Just talk about your relationship with Steve Silk Hurley and um, just how he's been such a, you know, a pivotal part of house music, dance music. Um, in Absolutely. Culture. I think Steve started off in, in our dance music with Jackie Body. Who doesn't know that? Yeah, if, you ain't, if you're yeah. a house head and you don't Jackie Body, you yeah. get your whole house car revoked. That's I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Period. So, you know, he started off with them and then he had um, Jamonda, remember? And he had... Remember, too blind to see it, too blind to see what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Right, that was one of my faves. I remember I was working out to that in Spain with like a workout bra and some hot shorts. I just watched that video the other room. day. And then he had um, Deborah. Remember, um, I think I'm gonna have to dream about you. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? Yes. And then he had done keep on walking for me he did not over you for me he did the dance version of not over you for me he did we got a love thing i mean he's done so many bodies of work he loves me too um and one of the um um drag queens that was on my um page that that you know when the girls in the lgbt community they do my my songs and they pay me homage and i had to give it back to her and there was one that um that was on my page, a post on my page, right? And her name is Giselle Barbie Royal. When I tell you she turned the party out, I mean, she did the the part where I did the high note, right? And then she had her boobies, like, like flexing. When I was like, I say, yeah, oh, oh. And the boobs was going back and forth. They was like, come through. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, come through, auntie. We so crazy. The house community, the LGBT community has definitely, um, they embraced me as soon as I came out in 91 with Finally and then Love Thing and then, you know, Keep On Walking came after that, Yeah, which is where kind of the R&B folks got involved. They was like, wait a minute, now let me go back. And it was like, oh, that baseline on Finally, I like that. Yeah. So yeah. that that's where kind of like the R&B community came in, I think, like on the third single. That Keep On Walking. Keep Woo. On Walking is a yeah. jam. <laughs> Woo. Jammy jam. CC.
keep on walking. And you had a challenge. What the keyboard? I'm like, man, that's such a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, basically, what I was doing was I had um, PD Pablo. He started it off, right? He started it off. I said, hey, big, P- y'all give him a follow too. Big PD Pablo, big Papa PD, right? And um, and he started it off. And then I had several people do it. I had a girl do it. Um, I had uh, Overtime Sims do it and a couple other people, right? I got on Lady Lux Live on her karaoke and she did it. Her and Steve Ray's shout out to AGA Agency, right? And that's where I met Overtime, like doing like what I'm saying. I did that beforehand and they just did something different. When Keep On Walking came out, right? I thought it was the woman's empowerment song. It was the like the perfect uh, breakup song for people. And they were like, yo, me and my man broke up and this is how I'm feeling right now. And whenever I woke up with an attitude, that's what I would want to sing. Crazy. Cece, you know, a a song that I feel like people really kind of look over in your catalog is Inside That I Cried. Mm. And, oh, I, and that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good and one. I, Tomorrow, that's I, good. And I, I remember, shout out to my sister Tamina. <laughs> she had the cassette single. It was a white, I mean, it was a white cassette tape back in like 92. Um, and she would play that song over and over and over again. And um, yeah, I just, I remember that, I just remember all the CC Pennis and stuff just kind of floating through our household, which is why I'm just still bugging right now. But yeah, talk about that song. Like, we, we really don't, we talk about, Finally, we got a love thing. Keep on walking, but inside that I cried is kind of like the the hidden gem amongst the, those singles that came off that record. I definitely feel that. You know what's funny is before I got to the music industry, right? It was one of those things where um, I would always slow the party down doing R and B songs. Yeah. Um, and then I came with this funny song. They were like, "What happened?" <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> inside I cried was like my normal self of what I came into before I got into the music music industry, and finally came out. And um, so that's why people heard those songs. And when you say you had tapes, it's funny because I found a few myself. In fact, I found the first demo I did, too, like finally in my tapes. But getting back to your story and not off topic, Inside I Cried was like that perfect song that you would sing. Be quiet, Gigi. That's my chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the perfect song <laughs> that you would sing. Um, I felt like I would be going through things and that kind of helped me to have like that healing thing because oftentimes I feel like artists, we wear a mask in a lot of ways. And it's like, you can't show people who you are. And I think that that is the perfect like cover up song to anything that you might've been feeling mm. or I might've been feeling. Let me put it with me. It was We've been talking a lot about just how influential what we're calling black house music um, has been to all parts of a culture. I mean, definitely in America, but all over the world, not only just um, the songs, but the imaging, the lifestyle, the everything that it's been attached to, the inspiration, the anthems that it's created. So I, I just love for you to talk about 
in your opinion, how important that this genre of music is, this this era of music is? Because I, I I definitely feel like it's under celebrated for its value. Um, I feel the same way as you because I feel like there's so many memories created. I remember people like skating around when the music is out, right? I remember people, you know, like I said, you had the mom and pop stores. That's when you really had to go into record stores and buy albums. And you had signings and you had photo shoots with magazines and everything's become digital now. And, you know, it's like now we have Instagram and then we had magazines that you actually had to go look. Like I could have a costume back then like right i could wear it in florida go to new york go to someplace else now it's like yeah we saw you in that last night <laughs> so you can't ever wear it again right? damn you know what i'm saying it's like there's so many changes i think that people don't understand that there's memories that that have been created from the heart you'd be like dang i remember when i met so and so i was at blah 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 and i think now everything is so crazy and you had to be special to get a record deal. It's not everybody had a record deal during that time. It was like, yo, I got signed. They'd be like, what? You got signed to a record deal? It's like now the beautiful thing is you can be the record company. You can own your own checks. But I think there was some exclusivity during that time mm. to be able to have a record deal and have, you know what I'm saying, the world look at you differently. So there's good and bad to, to both. Mm. Yeah. I feel like streaming and the internet really killed the game, to be honest with you. Uh, when it felt like artists had to now, like, they're getting music for free. I'm like, what happened? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we went in the studio and, and record the damn record. Like, the thing that people that, that don't understand is, like, and people who have looked at my feed are probably like, why is she yelling? I said, you don't understand that finally has paid my bills for 30 years. Yeah. Wow. Finally has been on over 5,000 compilations, finally has already been put out on three licenses just this year. I don't know all the TV licenses because I'm sure you saw my feed and we <laughs> will leave that where that's at. But um, just this year, Joyner Lucas and Chris Brown. Finally, I can fly and be free and be me. You do you, I'll do me. There's been another license that just came out. And um, so when I see people year after year, Parks and Lady Gaga, who perform on, on her tour, finally. Adele used my song in the opening of her tour and, you know, Travis Scott and DJ Mustard did finally. So there's definitely some, I think, relevance to artists who have provided to the game. Me being thankful and being one of those artists, 
but the game has changed drastically. Well, so where do you think the game goes from here, in your opinion? Um, you have to learn not to be mad. You have to learn that there's more in you than what you had. And I think that's the thing for me. Um, at first, I was disappointed and upset about it. I'm like, why does this keep happening? Now, I'm just informational. Just for your information, this is what it is. When you thought I was being difficult, I wasn't being difficult. This has been addressed. And you have to understand that even in times right now, like I said, things are acquired. So if you're used to working and you're relying on your royalties or different things, you expect what's fair to you to come to you. So it's that thing. And then, hey, what, if God gave you a voice, you can create more. Whatever. <laughs> Move on. Create more. Reinvent yourself. Yeah. Re-release music um, yourself. What they going to do? Get you for re-releasing your own music? Sure. I mean, for real. True. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you make up a whole album of the, the music other people did on you. They're like, wait a minute, you can't put that off. Be like, well, like you did. Right, right, exactly. That was like a Petty's cartoon, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the Petties. Crazy. I'm not sure if you're able to speak on this, but I know there was some discrepancy with uh, a major song by Lizzo, which is very close to a classic mm -hmm. by CC Peniston. Mm -hmm. Where is that at? Has that been resolved? What's the deal? What happened? Yeah. Um, I can't totally say right in this moment where everything's at. Um, everyone's been in quarantine and pandemic and everything like that. But what I can tell you is um, I just felt like it sounded familiar. And mm -hmm. y'all know what that means. Y'all read my post. Mm -hmm. I can also say that anything that I say is never a personal dig to her or um, anybody is more of informational because I feel like she's another artist like me, another black woman like me, another um, creative. So I, it's, it's not that I don't have respect for your body of work. I just feel like protocol needs to be put in place when anybody is doing anything. Mm. And that's really what I can say about that. Protocol. So, so what I'm assuming is that you heard it on the radio like the rest of the world and was like, wait a minute, this sounds like me? Um, I can't really, uh, uh, con <laughs> I can't really say yes or no. Okay. All I can say is I'm head nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Very nice. Very nice. I'm head nodding, bro. I can't really, you know what I mean? Very um, And I'm like that because what I've noticed is that somebody will take something that you say out of context. Right. So I don't want the message to be misconstrued. Yeah, CC tripping. No, I'm not tripping. Mm. I'm just being informational and letting you know. Just make sure you do your research. What a players club say: never trust anybody's research but your own. Right. Right. All right. That's exactly right. Facts. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> we sound crazy. Hey, CC, take us back. Moving on. I was. I just. I listened to that earlier today. Yeah. Produced by Dave Jam Hall. Moving on. Yes, him and Gordon Chambers. Gordon Chambers. With that 
that song, I felt like I was able to do some more R&B music. Mm. Well, other people felt like, oh, she's not doing dance. She's doing blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not like abandoning the game. I'm just doing some different things, some creative styles. And they're like, yo, we're putting money into you, which I understood later, right? We are putting the money into you. We don't have time for you to do, do the creative side while you're putting out the album. So I noticed kind of a drop off in people at the label because I wasn't doing that pop sound that they wanted as much. I was doing more of an R&B sound. But what I can say is I'm glad I got a chance to do it. I felt like I started at that point reinventing myself and people started seeing me differently. But the problem was the record company wasn't trying to support me on that at the time. Mm. So so AM Records, where you were signed to at the time, so they really wanted you to stay in the dance lane, not really go to the R&B. Is that, is that say? I'm just, because I, I'd imagine that had to be quite a transition, you know, because again, you have these big dance records which are making millions of dollars at that point. You saying, you know, again, keep on walking, I feel like is the first kind of foray into more of the R&B sound, but was there some resistance from A&M at that time? I think it was this. R&B wasn't unfamiliar because of, you know, Keep On Walking or Inside I Cried or Before I Lay with JoJo or anything like that or I See Love. The problem was I think they wanted me to be more fair in what I had picked for the album. Mm. And I think we just probably had more miscommunication on what should have been at the time as far as the third album and what tracks we should pick. Crazy! So I'll say this. Um, at probably like two or three years ago, I became the record company. I was the one putting out the money. I had put out 350 grand. So once I had been the record company and understood about like radio graphics, pictures, video, team, publicists, everything was on me. I was like, well, shit, no wonder they were. <laughs> I kind of understood mm. the, the message behind Hey, if you're the record company boss, then you're going to pay for it. Right. So you mm -hmm. can do it, but you there, it comes with a price. So I understood later why they could have gotten upset at the time, but then being the artist, I'm like, why can't I just do what I want to do? But you have to be fair in your assessment and say, hey, you're a commodity, you're a product of our label at the time, and we're not feeling all this right now. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand both sides. Crazy. Now, especially that most artists are leaning, well, not most, but many artists are leaning into being independent in that way. You learn quickly that wearing all the hats is is rewarding, but you understand the balance of this business. It's it's managing yourself and your expectations. And yeah, I, I think you know you you really do. And I'm telling you, when I got to experience it firsthand, I was like, well, this is why the hell everybody was going off. Yeah. But then, what I had realized also in my favor, just so you know, I was recouped by '97 on finally. Wow. Mm. I was recouped. Can you say the and word recoupment again? Recoupment. <laughs> that is no. And I, and I want to celebrate that because a lot of artists yeah. that are signed to major labels yes. are not recouped. Recoupment is basically you're getting money. You're in the black yeah. for every, you know, all of our listeners that don't understand what recoupment means. But to say that you recouped off of just finally years later, that's amazing, CC. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And this is the reason why you see certain posts because I know what I'm supposed to be receiving. And if I'm not receiving what I'm supposed to receive, then I have to just say something about it in a way where people understand. But you know what it's supposed to be. If someone's 
put it like this. I should be notified. Yeah. I should be notified anytime I have a license. I have paperwork that says I should be notified. And so when an artist is not notified, this is my thought. I don't mind if y'all eat, but do you mind if I eat, please? Right. Can I? I think that whoever was signing whatever has been eating off of you for a minute. (laughs) This is just what I think. And people don't want to give up what they've been getting. And it's like, but then you got to be fair too and let somebody else eat. How does someone come out with a national song with a national artist and you have writers on it, but you ain't seen the license? Mm. How does how does that keep happening? And I have paperwork in place that says, hey, I'm allowed to see that. And you already paid for one license. You already paid for a license. Which means that you know that you're supposed to do that. You've paid for for several. So I, I never name any names because I feel like, you know what, people know what they're supposed to be doing and those in charge, you know, <laughs> if you got any type of God in your spirit, you know what you're supposed to do. Plain and simple. Bitch better have my money. Y'all should know me well enough. Bitch better have my money. Please don't call me on my blue. We sound crazy. Sometimes people have a perception that people just come out with a song, especially in dance music, like, hey, we have a couple of hits and then you don't see the artist anymore. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm very intent on letting you know I'm not just dance. I'm not just R&B. I'm not just ballads. I'm just me. Yeah, I love that. Like even where I'm at right now, I know this is probably going to sound crazy, but I feel younger now than when I was younger. I think when I got into the music business, I was always very mature. I had done pageants and and been out there. And so when people heard me, it was like, you know, she's got an old soul. (laughs) So I ended up actually learning a lot of the lessons that I wanted to learn as I got older. And I learned to be lighter and not to take life so seriously. Crazy. So, Cece, talk to us about Silly. Co-Sound. Yeah, Co-Sound. So, me and Co-Sound met through Eric Bluetooth Griggs. Eric's been doing a lot of work with Dr. Dre right now as of late, uh, which is great. And congrats to him. Uh, we had got reconnected. I was out in L.A. I was like, what's up? What's up, Bluetooth? He was like, what's up, C? We got, you know, connected, ended up going. They had a Sunday night at the Sofitel. So I ended up seeing him. I saw Sir Jinx there one time. I saw Kenneth Crouch and, some, you know, Tony Holly. Like, everybody is up there, right? And we ended up getting connected. So he was like, yo, this is my boy, Co-Sound. And I was like, hey, what's up, Coast? We ended up connected. He let me hear some of his music. Well, Coast was also working with Tony Dixon, who I worked with Babyface. And they had like a few songs for me. One was Silly. One was um, in, in one of the cartoons, the Petties, the one you heard, the slow ballad. Mm-hmm. Be the one. Then we did Hot, um, No Key. So he's like, we're always doing something together. I love his spirit. When people hear the song Silly, I think it's an unexpected 
body of work from me to them because they're like, wait a minute, don't she do dance? And I'm like, I keep trying to tell you I'm not just a dance artist, but y'all want to put me in the box. And I think that's one of those songs that when people hear it, they go, oh, she does do different stuff. Mm. <laughs> Diversity. Diversity. You know, I think if, if people really... And see that that's that frustrates me sometimes. I'm like, if y'all go back and listen to them CC Pennison albums, y'all mm-hmm. would know that she does way more than just dance music because you have so many flavors on your records. I'm always doing different stuff because I always feel like people put me in um, a box. And it's funny because I'm working on even a gospel project too as well. Oh, wow. And it's oh. like God. I was like, shoot, Kanye and Snoop Chains again. Don't you come for me? You better go on <laughs> back over there. Okay. <laughs> I was like, if Snoop and Kanye can do gospel, why can't CC? That's where I started. I said, I have some things to say. They're like, <laughs> so someone was like, well, how you going to post up a picture like that? You know, when you start trying to say you godly, I said, well, how you saying you godly? You being judgmental. Because exactly. <laughs> CC, I was on Instagram scrolling like just today and I saw a nice, uh, not so clothed photo of you. <laughs> yeah. With the little uh, an emoji over, and I said, "Oh my, Sister Peniston, crazy!" <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about pandemically single, because I, I saw the preview. I've shared it with the guys. Yes, it's you. It's Loretta Devine, who I adore. Yes, Kim Whitley, and so many others. Like, talk to us about this project. What, what is it? Talk to us about pandemically single. Yeah, it was created by my girl, Dee LaShore. I love her. I met her by Rashawn Freer, right? And, um, and he, you know, he's done several mu- uh, movies as well. Um, you know, Pastor Brown, then he did also um, The DeBarge Story. So I met her, I met her through him. Then in, um, Malik Barnhart, who did um, 50 Cent's music, um, 50 Cent's movie, um, 8 Mile with Eminem, right? He did that, right? Um, and then he did, um, he, he's done several other things, right? Um, what was the movie with, um, T.D. Jakes? Uh, I can't think of it right now, but he did, um, a gospel music with T.D. Jakes. And then it was Carl Lewis and myself and some other people, um, that were in there, other actors, Jensen Atwood, right? Noah's Ark. And they were like, we should come up with this concept. And people are in pandemic right now and some of y'all are single. So let's come up with something fun that people will love. I was like, shit, I'm with it. Let's go. And I said, I'm single myself. So let's 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 have fun with it. And that's where the whole thing came about is people that, you know, were single that didn't really have someone in their life. Where can we take this? And I thought it'd be fun, too, because we're all quarantined up. Yeah, we definitely quarantined. So so you are single. So if anybody listening, CC is single. CC is single. I am. I am single. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite quarantine activity? Um, look at you. Look, here you go. What's yours? The same as yours. Look, here you go. Crazy. <laughs> Cece, what are you listening to right now? What am I listening to? Um, You know what? I listen to so many different type of things. Um, I have a whole list called Pillow Talk that I listen to with Summer Walker. I know Brandy just had her new album. And just so you know, I don't always listen to just new music. I just listen to good music. I listen to opera. I listen to jazz. I listen to, you know, um, reggae. I listen to R&B. Like, I'm one of those people who's well-rounded in music. Mm. I can hear that in your voice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I love music. I feel like it's the healing to the soul for me. Um, it makes me feel good. Thing one day I might be riding by and I'll be like, I want to listen to uh, some Donnell Jones. Right.
what, say what, say what You know that I like it, baby I want to listen to, you know, some Nina Simone. I want to listen to some Pavarotti. I don't have a box. I listen to what feels good to me. That's good to know and good for people to hear. Mm-hmm. You can be all those things, just like CeCe Peniston. We sound crazy! CeCe, you got to tell me, you know, my, my teenage crush was Adina Howard. I know you're in Arizona. Do you still see Adina Howard? I'm just stalking still. <laughs> you know what? She moved, but if you really want to interview her, I'll let you know. But I feel I'll make sure that you guys can connect. Now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just stalking Adina no, Howard. No, right no, now. no, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, no, no. We, we want to interview Adina Howard. Adina started a whole lane. Let me tell you. Yes. I was like, shit. I wish t-shirt and panties was my song. T-shirt and my panties on. Yeah. <laughs> That's, y'all know that's the shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. With Jamie Foxx. Because we've known each other before the music business. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Me and Adina knew each other. It was funny because I was like, yo, Adina, I'm getting ready to come out with my song. You know, my finally, my album. She was like, yo, sis, I'm getting ready to come out with my stuff. And then she came out with her music and, you know, had her videos out. And then Jamie Foxx had worked with her and she was out in L.A. and was like, yo, uh, where are you at? Let's hook up, chick. And we'll be like, hey, where are you at? I'm coming to get you. Like you, we used to hook up like that because we were that good friends. That's oh, crazy. That's that's. What's I was she, today years old. Today, so Adina's from Phoenix as well. She's from Detroit originally, but okay. she grew up. She moved here to Arizona, and we met. And I just thought she was cool, folks. I loved her body of work. She was just real matter of fact and real. She always calls me Cecilia. She be like Cecilia. Mm-hmm. That's your government. That's your government right there. Well, I was like, that's why you gotta talk me my government name, man? <laughs> <laughs> She does. She calls me Cecilia because she's like, she's real cool and regular and her and she won't let anybody change her. That's just how she is. She's just like, I'm me. And I'm the same way. Crazy. Cece, I just want to thank you so much for hanging with the We Sound Crazy crew. When you're in Nashville, please come holler at us, man. We'd love to have you sitting here on the couch yeah. with us and just going further, but cutting up. Yeah, you got to already know i will come in there and we will have fun I, I haven't been to nashville in a while the last time i was there was for my unsung series that i had and i love nashville um such a creative area to be at especially for people who do music so mm. definitely in the right place thanks for having me on and i appreciate it and i love you and thank you for real that's awesome cc peniston we love you here the we sound crazy podcast thank you so thank you thank much you. It's, thank it's you such so a pleasure much. and honor we sound crazy
jam. Pump it up. What y'all know about this? What y'all listening to? Ooh, always <laughs> the new stuff. Um, the new new, the new new, the new new, the new new. You know, I'm gonna tell you what I'm. I'm checking out the new Billie Eilish. I was just about to say. All right, that. no, we, we we can just boil it up right there because that yeah. shit is amazing. My future. Yeah, I love that. Song. I can't seem to focus. I love this. And you don't seem to notice I'm not here. I'm just a mirror You check your complexion To find your reflections all alone I had to go Can't you Billy Eilish. Mm-hmm. That is my personal selection of That's this good. week. That yeah. is my future. Yeah, nice. So, in terms of what I'm listening to, this is Timon. Um, I've been really riding to Leon Lahavis's new record. Um, she has a new self-titled album out um, on Warner Music. And the song that really sticks out to me from this project is a song called Can't Fight. And yeah. Currently what I'm listening to. But something about you got me gone. You're pulling me back and I'm going under. A little peace, a little love, a little bit. Is that enough? I can't fight away this love. I knew that I should give you up. I tried to run, but got my heart stuck. Wow, that that feels good, tomorrow. Yeah. It does. Whole record is amazing, but yeah. So you, Claude Kelly, what you listening to, bro? The other day I, I, I stumbled upon um, an old Stephanie Mills John that that that, mm. that 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 never knew love like this before. What? I love that. And it felt like a warm hug during this during this pandemic. But shout <laughs> to Stephanie Mills, the ori- original Dorothy yeah. and the Wiz. Yeah, this she won a Grammy for this one too. This is a classic, yo. Woo! 
Never knew love like this. This on your playlist. It's my playlist right now. Yo, Timon, you remember when, uh, when we met Stephanie Mills yes, and Angela yes. Winbush after the uh, Angela Angela Winbush after the Black Music <laughs> Honors yeah. uh, celebration here a few years ago in Nashville. Timon and I, I know Stephanie, and I encourage the people who do Black Music Honors to honor her. Mm. And so Timon and I went and kind of hung out with Stephanie and Miss Angela. Amazing. Angela, <laughs> yes, Angela Winbush, the incomparable. You know, so but it, that was so. Epic. When I think about it in my history, in my mind, Simone, like we hung with Stephanie Mills right. and took photos. That's and crazy, actually. One of the highlights of my being in this business thus far. Like, yeah, just amazing. Wait, wait till you meet wait till you meet Alita. Listen. Wait I'm gonna let y'all know now. Wait till you meet Alita. I might crumble if Alita walk in the room <laughs> right now. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. We love Alita. God, Matt loves Alita. <laughs> Y'all go and listen to the Molita Adams, man. Oh God. Oh Lord, Chuck. <laughs> Come on, brother. So I've, I've been going down memory lane with, with uh, memory with with um, lane. My piano playing, just listening to stuff that inspired me, so I can know where to go the next the next couple years. And mm. I ran across this. Um, Herbie Hancock that I used to listen to all the time. He, mm. he, he remade uh, Love is Stronger Than Pride. Nice. Really? Yeah. It's off his uh, the new Standard album. And so that just took me back to the, a little Herbie. The Pure Times. The Pure Times. Yeah. Herbie Hancock. Legend. Icon. Yes. Yeah, I really want to honor Herbie because he's got so much in that repertoire. Yeah, That's a good idea as well. Yeah. And also yeah. shout out to Sade. Sade, Lord. Sade. We need you back, Sade. Always. It's been too long. We need you back. Please. And, and come to Nashville when you do that tour. Yeah. I will be front and center. Oh, yeah. <laughs> front and center. Front and center. Crazy. What's up, We Sound Crazy listeners? So, for this week's Irby, yes, the Esterol Black Excellence Award, the decision was unanimous. Bacon for Macon, Chuck Harmony, Billionaire, 
and myself, Claude Kelly, all agree that house music, better yet, black house music, is 100% under-celebrated. So this week, we're giving a posthumous Irby to a trailblazer, someone who set off the house music movement in Chicago, the legendary producer, remixer, DJ, and Grammy Award winner, Frankie Knuckles. Man, this Black House episode was epic. 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 Man, Man so many memories just talking to CC. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And, and, these, and them songs. Yeah. Yo, it's so many songs. So much, so much so music. Many. Thank you, CC Peniston. Thank you, CC yes. Peniston. Oh, we, we love you over here. Cecilia. 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 <laughs> so what we going out with, man? Let's keep it house. Let's keep let's, the Black House. Keep it Black House. Keep it Black House. Thank you, Guru. We sound crazy podcast on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, <laughs> Black, Black Planet. Planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, all them other things. Black Thank Planet you so is much. actually making a comeback. Is it? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. well, we on there too. We there, we there. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Thank you. I want you to love, I want it tonight